Welcome cadets and captains to a brand new episode of M-Class Podcast. Captain on deck! Ooh-wee-oo! Looks like Captain Janeway. That's that's a thing now. Oh no. You've um, created a monster. I've created... Uh, yeah, uh, horrible. <laughs> I'm Jeff. I'm Josh, I guess. I don't know. You know who you are. Do I, though? Does anyone really know no. who they are? I would say no. I do. I'm <laughs> Jeff. <laughs> well, that solves that. Uh, well, existential M-class crisis is over. <laughs> I've never existential in my life, and I'm not no, starting No, not now. Jeff. <laughs> I am Jeff. <laughs> M-Class Podcast is a little ditty of a show where we sit down with a piece of Star Trek media and we pick it apart back to front with all sorts of uh, probably pee-pee potty humor. I was just going to say, when you pick something apart, always go front to back. Aha! See, that's the type of See? stunning joke commentary that you can expect. Why aren't we super rich? I don't know. It's a good question. I think about that every, pretty much all day, every day. Not existentially, though. I would never. No. <laughs> <laughs> I would never lower myself. This is the to- final episode of Pizza Man's LGBTQ Lection. A collection mm-hmm. of episodes that have been, uh, at times, uh, heartstring-pulling, and at other times, uh, just crushingly depressing. And also, yeah, Spock and Kirk fought with swords or whatever. <laughs> the first one was such... Uh, it was so great. Yeah, we were like, yeah, this is fun. And then it was just like, a dark cloud. Yeah. Fucking- I mean, V'ger came in and was like, <laughs> I mean, uh, I'm sure there are people listening who are like, well, welcome to the fucking reality of being yeah. LGBTQ. Yeah, I'm but, sure. Uh, yeah. I was telling Josh yesterday that we need the uh, whoopee cushion farts collection or the real funny <laughs> pratfalls collection after this one because it's <laughs> depressing as fuck. Yeah. No, and- sir. I don't like it. <laughs> In the uh, final episode of the LGBTQ collection, by the way, if you want to suggest us a new collection, uh, you can do that at patreon.com slash mclasspodcast. Yeah. Yeah, go. But you gotta be, be patroned. You gotta pay us 10 bucks a month, I think, to be able to do that. Maybe 15. I don't know. It's, <sighs> it's a pretty high privilege, because you're telling us what to do, and you decide for us, so. Yeah. Uh, today I'm we're like, going to be talking about Enterprise Season 2, Episode 14, Stigma. I thought this was a different one. So did I. We talked about a yeah. different episode last time. Th- which, you definitely could have put that one in this uh, this collection also. Yeah. We actually have an email from Pizza Man that we'll get to next show about that. We were talking about the episode Cogenitor. Cogenitor, yeah. And uh, they talk about how... You know, they almost included that in the collection as well, but decided against it. Yeah. Um, This episode was written by Rick Berman and noted sex pervert Brandon Braga. (laughs) I'm surprised that Fiesel Flocks isn't, like, gigantic. (laughs) I'm surprised that that Fiesel doesn't just, like, fuck everyone on board. (laughs) Even the nerdy guy with glasses, whose name is... Fan and Frog. 
Oh, Ensign Fraga. And he's like an old man. <laughs> yeah, it's me. Uh, Rick Berman, uh, noted t- genuine piece of shit. Apparently pretty good at reining in Braga's horniness because the episode is medium horny at most. <laughs> it's Warp 5 horny. Uh, this episode is directed by David Livingston. Uh, Dr. Livingston, I presume. Damn, there he is. We found him. He, we we finally found him. That's the that's the, the bit, right? Is they were looking for him. I don't know. I wasn't born in the 30s. I was. And that was definitely the bit. <laughs> right? Because he went to look... He went to Africa to like look at stuff. I don't know. To steal things. To <laughs> I mean, museum. Probably, yeah. <laughs> Uh, David Livingston, uh, director of 17 episodes of Deep Space Nine, two episodes of TNG, 28 episodes of Voyager, mm. uh, 15 episodes of Ent, and also the writer of the episode The Nagus from Deep Space Nine. So I'm guessing a co-creator of The Nagus. Is, oh, the first time The Nagus shows up? Yeah. Um, <laughs> Livingston... Jean-Luc Picard's pet fish that he never mentions and barely looks at is named after <laughs> this director. The one that Crow magnon Riker wants to eat? Yeah, he's trying to eat. That's the most screen time that fish ever gets. The most notice. <laughs> that fish lives in a fucking sphere of hell. It's yeah, where does f- the food come from? <laughs> Probably just the ship robots or whatever, sure. right? Exocomps feed it. Who knows? Uh, he also has direction credits on Baywatch Nights. <gasps> Baywatch Nights. Man, what a dumb fucking show that what was. If, what if the beach, but at night? What if the beach, but at night and no swimsuits? No Great swimsuits, idea, guys. Only boobles. <laughs> and uh, Hasselhoff dressed as like a fucking like 1970s Guido. Whoa! <laughs> Just breaking out the spoon heads. Um, let's dive into this episode. All right. In sick bay, we learn that T'Pol has disease. <laughs> yeah, because all these episodes are tied together now, huh? T'Pol, right? T'Pol has disease. And <laughs> Dr. Floggs is going to an interspecies medical exchange where he's going to talk to some Vulcan physicians. He's going to find out if they know of cure. T'Pol wants to keep it keep it a secret that she has disease. And <laughs> we just that's what we're calling it. It's just disease, right? Uh, until they start giving it a name, which does happen soon. But yeah, um, they, and it's like. Every metaphor. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, before we go into this episode, I guess uh, some uh, TWs on on the timeline, on the TL, <laughs> is uh, this episode is about AIDS and HIV, yeah. and it's about uh, the undesirable uh, subsection of people who... Uh, what do they call it? They they have a uh, immoral intimacy between them. So yeah, I yeah. mean you have to be pretty fucking brain dead not to get this metaphor. Yeah, it's it's a big metaphor for the AIDS crisis amongst the homosexual community. 
Yeah. Especially during the 1980s and early 1990s. That's just part of it, though, too. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> There's plenty of other horrible metaphors. It's true. I mean, uh, I, I felt Archer's anger throughout this whole episode, his frustration with their fucking backwards-ass shit. Yeah, you really hate the Vulcans after this one, huh? Yeah. It's, it's tough. I what I I will say though, like spoilers, I guess, is how <laughs> how funny it is that this is repaired in a future episode with uh, uh, what's her name, the the old lady. Fuck. To pal. To pal. Yeah, she's. Yeah. She's like, yeah, yeah, I'll just fix it. <laughs> I'll just fix it, don't worry. I'll just fix your brain, you're fine. Uh, you don't have disease anymore. Yeah, uh, disease gone. Apparently the metaphor of disease is over. We're done <laughs> with that. That's not what this episode is about. <laughs> Phlox is like, look, I'll keep it on the DL, um, but we have to do something because this disease uh, might kill you. Will probably kill you. Even it's yeah. not like a, it's not even like a May type thing. It's probably well. This is where they list off the 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 things, and they sl- not so slyly put in immunodeficiency at yeah. the end. Yeah, it's it's a it's a list of uh, what happens if you take Skyrizzy, <laughs> and then immune deficiency at the end. It. Yeah, it's like multiple sclerosis, but also uh, HIV, I guess. Uh, Why not? Pretty much. They tried to, you know, make it its own thing. It's called Pinar Syndrome. Peener Syndrome. Well, let's not make light of it. <laughs> On our comedy podcast? No. That's what we're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> so the Enterprise arrives at Dikendi 3. Dikembe Mutombo 3. Oh, man. That would be great, wouldn't it, if he was on the episode? (laughs) It's all Dikembe Mutombo's. Dikembe Mutombo. And he's he's every physician at the Interspecies Medical Exchange. (laughs) He's playing every type of alien. That would be amazing. (laughs) Uh, But um, one of Phlox's wives is coming on board, Feasel, and... Flox is like he they're doing some tantric shit, right, right, where they haven't seen each other in years, but yeah. they're trying not to jizz. So they're trying not to like spend too much time together. Yeah, but they like sniff each other. That's how and, they kiss. And everybody's or like Ugh. Everyone's weirded out by it, which is like really dumb. It that is dumb because like the thing is, like, we we put our wet-ass mouths together. That's weird yeah. as fuck, too, when you really think about it. Yeah, no, what we do is super weird. We were just talking about before the show. Like, there's tons of weird shit we do. Oh, yeah, humans do some <laughs> fucked-up stuff in the name yeah. of sex. We're, we're Go on the internet and type in fetishes. <laughs> See what comes up. Yes, yes. Uh... But um, Fiesel sees Trip Tucker, and apparently he's got the type of pheromones that really get alien chicks going. Because she yeah. wants to fuck hard. She's like, horde wants to fuck. Yeah, it's, uh, uh, she is not, she don't even care. She just, like, no. shows up and is like, hey, will I see you later? And he's, and he's like, well, I can't come to eat lunch with you because I gotta do this microscope shit. And then she's like, yeah, but, like, 
can I like look at your penis later? And he's like, uh, okay. Uh, what? <laughs> She's like, yeah, what that dick do? <laughs> How many dick do have you? That's that's the universal question amongst aliens. How many dick do have you? You Klingon or just a one one off? You only got the one peener. I mean, does it blow up like a blowfish? <laughs> I was just I was just <laughs> going to say that. Holy got to shit. It first, baby. Same fucking guy. So, um Trip is is understandably from a um I don't know, a 1990s human standpoint. I mean, yeah. we got open relationships now. Like, we understand that shit. But then he was like, oh, no. Yeah, I, this is the old, maybe the only time in the show where his, like, folksy southern bullshit kind of comes and, like, makes sense to me, right? Like, because I don't think I... I, I, I don't mean, know like, if I would care. <laughs> I mean, like, if your friend's wife showed up and she was, like, flirting with you hardcore, you would be like, what the fuck? Like, I gotta tell him. Yeah. yeah but then if yes. he was like, yeah, go ahead. You fucked her yet? It's great, right? Then yeah. it'd be a different story. I probably, like, I certainly wouldn't think at that point, like, oh, this is so weird. I wouldn't think, you know, <laughs> I might not, like, fuck her, but I might not feel, I would be like, oh, okay, like, that's their thing or whatever, right? Yeah. Like, I'd whatever. be like, do you have some sort of, like, open relationship? Yeah. And then, if he's like, what? No. What do you mean? That would yeah. be, like, the fucking worst. <laughs> yeah, that would be terrible. That would be All right, awful. well, your wife's a slut. <laughs> <laughs> She's a sloot. I'm sorry. Sluter. <laughs> really, Dr. Flox, I wanted you to be the slut. <laughs> Blow up your face around my dick. <laughs> she could do that, too, as well. They could both do that. You could just get a threesome. It's the <laughs> best of both worlds. It's like a blow-up doll, but a person. It's, mm. it's it really is the best of both worlds. I mean, I guess. <laughs> you know. Anyway, at the conference, Doctor Flox meets three shitty Vulcans: <laughs> Doctor Fucko, Doctor Tuffucko, and Doctor Flucko. Well, these three sh- he meets three shitty doctors and one secret okay doctor. Yes, yes, among them. But um, he's like. He makes up a story about a colleague back on uh, Denobulus is like, look, uh, we have a similar disease to Pinar Syndrome, and we would like any information that the Vulcan people can give to us about how they treat it. Yeah. Unfortunately. The Vulcans are suspect as fuck. They're like, what do you, what, you guys don't like, what are you talking about? They're like, why do you want this? And it's like really shady. Yeah, and they straight up say, like, the only people who suffer from Pinar Syndrome are a stigmatized minority in Vulcan society. They're undesirables. And they, in no uncertain terms, make it fairly obvious that they want them to die from it. Yeah. So that it wipes out that undesirable minority, which, if you weren't alive during the 80s and early 90s... You might not remember, but that is how the medical yeah. profession, for the most part, treated AIDS. 
Yeah, not uh, everyone. There were people who, but yeah, for the, the most the, part, though, the societal uh, zeitgeist of the time was like, well, they'll just die. I mean, they call they called it gay cancer, right? Yeah, the, it was it was specifically like, well, we kind of like we want them to die, right? Like get rid die. of gayness, yeah. right? Like Which, it was. Like, gayness was a disease itself, is how they looked at it. Instead of, like, I mean, we understand now, like, anybody who has their head on straight understands now that it's just, you know, you're born that way. Right. It's just the way human beings work. Yeah, even if, even if, like, it's some impossible scenario where, like, AIDS killed, like, itself off... There would still be gay people. Yeah. That you <laughs> They're being born every day. <laughs> you cannot erase a part yeah. of humanity in that yeah. way. They've yeah. always been here. They always will be. <laughs> and I mean, uh, the way politicians treated it. Right. Like, uh, Ronald Reagan yeah. like, won his, his second term pretty much entirely on the back of the idea that, like... Uh, AIDS was sent from God. Yeah, that's where that kind of yeah. And what? it's insane to think about today that you could say that shit and get away with it until you listen to what uh, right wing people say and get away with today. Oh, it's way worse now, right? Yeah, um, yeah. I I don't know, man. Like I I remember how afraid people were of AIDS. Um, oh yeah, there was there was a horrible misunderstanding of it. I mean, like to Paul at a certain point in this episode says, like she immediately reassures Archer uh, that it's it's not transmissible in any way that right. they could share. Yeah, that was like when uh, oh Princess Di like hugged that kid, right? Yeah, and everyone was like, "Oh my God, <gasps> Princess Di is gonna get HIV." People, people used to wear gloves around people with HIV, and it was like, "What, what the fuck is that?" Like, what? Is, I mean, just the the imagery of that is disturbing, yeah, right? Like, absolutely. And we live in the COVID world where, like, we all wear masks now, and she, well, fucking hopefully most of us well, do. Yeah, something like sixty-seven percent. Right. Yeah, we're but masks. we're we're used to seeing that for two years now. But the thought of like somebody like humiliating a person with a disease by wearing gloves or like to touch them, yeah, a, like, disease, a disease that is completely non-transmissible in that manner. Yeah, and I think and I think that kid was the kid who got it. Not that this makes it better or whatever, but he got it from like a blood transfusion or something. Yeah. Because he was like a, I he mean, was like ten, like he, you know, he wasn't using intravenous drugs or anything. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Well, that's the thing that T'Pol stands up for in this episode is that T'Pol gets it, yeah, against her will, which, yeah. uh, it's, uh, I guess another TW I should have put on the TL is that there's a, there's going to be mentions of rape in this episode. Yeah, uh, could we call it grape? <laughs> <laughs> no, probably not. <laughs> probably not. Um, I did think about it, but no. Um, but like, she doesn't want to 
continue the right. stigma against the disease by I like, like giving them fodder to use in their hatred and their vilification of the people. I think that's that's the best part of this episode, honestly, besides Feasel, who I love. But Yeah, Josh is a big Feasel stan. Yeah, I love Feasel. I, if I was Trip Tucker, man, dude, I'd be more like Trip Fucker, you know? <laughs> you know what I mean? No. Because I would fuck her. Oh! Yeah. yeah I know. What does it's, the trip part mean? I'd be tripping all over that pussy. <laughs> or maybe I'd fuck her three times. I don't know. Okay, that makes more sense. All right. <laughs> Look, this episode needs some comedy in we it. We gotta put some levity, leverty <laughs> in here. We gotta put some Eugene Leverty in this. Oh, that's good. Thanks. His name is Charles Tucker the Third, and he's Trip because he's yeah. the triple. But he's you can be Trey, which I always thought was a much cooler name, like Trey Cool from Green Day. Uh, well, sure. At a certain point in history, that was cool. <laughs> in 1993, sure. <laughs> I wanna be the minority, you know. Oh, that's what the one you went with. Wow. Yeah, I used to have that on a mixtape that I uh. It was a mixed CD. I used to have that. That um, we we talk about all the time how we listen to those like we'd see those commercials for yeah. like collections. Now that's and, what I call music, uh, or like the like best of the eighties yeah. or whatever. And our brains are trained for when one song plays, yes. like it gets cut off, and another song will play in our head every time. Yep. yep. Um. Like. I had that mixtape for so long, that mix CD for so fucking long, that I can't think of that. Every time I think of Green Day, I think of that song, and yeah. right afterwards, I think of Get Your Roll On <laughs> from <laughs> Big Timers. Oh my god, what a great CD that was! It was a damn good CD. It had some like I was like in my weeb stage when I was a teenager. Uh huh. So it had some like a Gundam Wing song on there as well. Oh my god, the nineties were wild, man. It was a wild time, especially for me. <laughs> I was at clubs. I was on yachts. It was you were, wild. You were riding spinners. And they don't stop. They don't. 3-6 came over to your house to play N64. It's true. 3-6 Mafia fucking amazing at Wave Race 64. I don't know if you know this about that. <laughs> Little known fact. Anyway. <laughs> Dr. Flox meets Larry, Curly, and Moe at the, at the, the planet. Space, candy Space conference. <laughs> And he, he tries to talk to them about Pinar syndrome, and they're straight up like, "Look, uh, we don't have any information about it. We don't. We're not going to give you anything. We have." Well, first he's like, "They're like, we need to consider your request." Yeah. Um. And then we flash over to Archer and to Paul having a having a little meal together, and to Paul's having her little plow meat soup. Yeah, she's cutting up a breadstick with her knife and fork, <laughs> like a- she does. A little confusing, but that's what mm. that how that's how Vulcans do. They don't want to use their fingies. Yeah, <laughs> I remember Spock wearing the gloves in TOS to that's eat. Funny. Yeah, I didn't know that. Uh, he when he has to eat something with his hands, he wears gloves. 
But um, <laughs> what a dork. The uh, there's a Vulcan transport that wishes to dock, and they want to speak to Flox and to Paul, and they want Captain Archer there. Yeah, to Paul immediately knows, right? Yeah, to Paul's like, like, okay, shit's gone south. Yeah, this is uh, the, yeah. And when they get there, they're basically like, Captain Archer, uh, we just wanted your permission to speak to uh, Flox and to Paul, and Archer's like, all right. Yeah, he's like, he's like, okay, well, have fun, guys. Uh, call me if you need any chips or anything. <laughs> he's, like, he's ready to leave. He just goes, right? Uh, if you guys want any snacks, give me a <laughs> ring. <laughs> hey, uh, keep the door open, though, because... Uh... <laughs> it's a boy-girl party, so keep the door open. <laughs> boy-girl party. But uh, they, they're immediately like, we need to ask some questions of T'Pol. Yeah. And I do love that T'Pol's like... At a certain point, she's like, uh, I think that's enough questions. And Flox uh, is like, he immediately jumps in to help. He's like, yeah, I agree. I think your questions are extremely, like, fucked. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's very, like, it, from our human point standpoint, it would be, like, like super... Uh, I was going to say parent-teacher. <laughs> Doctor-patient, <laughs> that's the yeah. word. They're, yeah. they're like trying to break through doctor patient confidentiality. They yeah. I mean they're really trying to see through this obvious lie. They're also setting her up. Right? Oh yeah. Like they give her a pad with Vulcans who have mind melded on it and she's like, I know that they're Vulcan, but I don't know anything else. And that's a trap. And here's the thing. She should have uh, worn the gloves. Here's the <laughs> here's the, the thing gloves. that they don't tell you about. Uh cops ain't allowed to do that shit. No, it's they're called not. entrapment. Yeah, there's non-admissible evidence in court. That's why when course, you get arrested, you just sit there and you don't say shit. Oh yeah, you clam up. Yep. But uh, these aren't cops; these are doctors, so they could do whatever the fuck they want. I they're guess they're copters. No they're copters. 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 They're definitely cocks. Yeah, they probably only have one each. Bunch of fucking Nancys. <laughs> if you don't have eight cocks, then what are you doing? If you don't have an octopus coming out of your fucking crotch, <laughs> what are you speaking, doing? Speaking of fetishes, Jesus. <laughs> that that is for awesome. sure somebody's fetish. Oh, dude. It Yes. <laughs> but they scan the pad that uh, T'Pol had held, and they find her DNA, and they find out she has the disease. She Yeah, they're like looking at like a DNA strand. I guess they can tell from that. It's the future. I don't know. <laughs> and they're yeah, like, they don't yeah. really explain that too much. <laughs> from a fingerprint, or like from just residue. I, I mean, I guess scanners are really fucking insanely powerful. I don't know. But, yeah. Uh, I have no idea. Because they don't explain that shit no. at all. They're just like, ah, oh, we got it from the pad. They couldn't and have her, like, drink, right? Like, uh, from a glass or something. Because it would be obvious. weird as fuck yeah. for the Vulcans to be like, alright, we're gonna take this glass to see. <laughs> yeah, so I really like this glass. <laughs> so Tucker and Feasel. The B <laughs> plot is the comedy relief plot of the episode. Yeah. They're they're working on a microscope in sick bay and Fox Fox oh, is there and it's like full on like cuckold mode right where like Tucker is like uh, getting felt up by Feasel like right in front of Flocks well, and he's not first, paying any attention. First thing they have to like do this really fucking CW like over the top hypersexual 
microscope scene. Where oh, yeah, he, you have to plug the thick end into the small receiver. Oh, my God. And she says, you can pull it out now. And you're like, Jesus Christ. Wow. And Josh is like, yeah, at this point, I was unconscious from all the coming. Josh is watching this episode like the the wolf in the Red Hot Riding Hood show. <laughs> <laughs> Banging the table. But Flox gets called to Archer's ready room and Feasel's like, don't worry, we'll have fun without you. <laughs> <laughs> and Flox is like, come Hope you don't get stuck in a dryer or anything. (laughs) (laughs) Don't go climbing under the bed. (laughs) But um, Archer's mad. Like, T'Pol's there, and like uh, Flox comes in, and Archer's mad. (laughs) Yeah. He's like, "You you guys lied to me. Yeah, he's taking it a little personally, which, like... I know his whole thing is like we're like a crew and you can tell me anything and don't this like is doctor patient confidentiality baby y- yeah th- th- exactly it, it, like it's really not his, any of his his business it, it is not any of his business but the the problem comes in with the fact that they have lied to a delegation of Vulcans who've caught them in the lie yeah if I was Archer and these Vulcans came to me and they were like hey your first officer lied to us. She has a horrible disease. Yeah. I'd be like, uh, number one, how did you find this out? I I think and he, he does like he, he they tell him at some point, like it was from yeah. the pad, and I would be like, Alright, well that is a horrific breach of, of protocol and personal freedoms. I think that's so, why he is mad, but I think he has like a misplaced anger at this point. I don't know. They don't really do a really good job here of making him mad at like anything in particular. He, he just he's mad he's, because he's been lied to, and that he he had to deal with the brunt of them getting caught yeah, in lies. Which I don't seems like misplaced anger to me as well. I don't think he likes being caught off guard by the Vulcans, right? Because he no. does not like the Vulcans. Yeah, we're only in season two at this point. Yeah. He's still pretty Vulcan racist. Yeah. Well, I mean. Well, to be fair, uh, they're being absolute shitheads at this point. <laughs> he's being racy. Not, not all of them, but he's these being ones racy. Are. He's he's <laughs> he's being too racy about it. Sometimes like, he can. Sometimes he can get a little sexy too. He can be like. Sometimes he could be like, I don't know about a woman doing this, and just be a little sexy at her. Just be a little sexy at her. <laughs> a woman starship captain better fuck her on top of a mountain to make Ready? sure I'm the man. Too. I'm being a sexy. I'm sorry. Too sexy. Too racy. But um, he's pissed, and to Paul, it's finally like you know what? Like I have. Pinar syndrome, and that's why we flocks wanted to get that information, but I didn't want them to know about it because yeah. it's it's like a stigmatized thing on my planet. Mm-hmm. Like Vulcans see the people who are capable of mind melding as an unwanted minority, and um, if it's found out that I have this disease, I can lose my position with the Vulcan High Command. Right. I'd like to also do another spoiler alert. 
and say this also uh, fits in with what we learn later about the Vulcan High Command. Like, sure. I mean, why? it's like, like a, they've poisoned Vulcan society. Is what we'll leave it. Yeah. We'll leave it at that. Yes. And why they've done it. Yes. We'll leave it at that. But um, Flux is like, uh, like I can manage her condition, but I need more information. And um, Captain Archer's like, you're not invited to the medical conference anymore. Like you've been kicked out. And Tapal's like, um. Like, I'll, I'll share it with you, but I don't want it shared with anybody else. I don't want this to be the right. focus. But uh, the mind meld was forced on me right. by Tolaris. Yeah, that, that guy. That Vulcan dick. So, this episode... We were watching this episode and, like, messaging each other back and forth a little bit at the beginning. And... Before I started jerking off to Feasel. Yeah, 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 yeah. And before quote and during quote. shit, I said. It. <laughs> uh, but uh, I was watching it, and I was uh, to begin with, I was like, "Oh my god, this is a AIDS episode, yeah. isn't it?" Yeah. And Josh was like, "Yep." And then, like ten minutes later, I was like, "Oh my god, this is a rape episode yeah. too." And Josh was like, "Yep." Yeah. And I was like, "God, <laughs> we need a happy puppy collection." <laughs> we could probably do that. <laughs> Have you ever played with puppies, Captain Picard? (laughs) No, I'm afraid I haven't. (laughs) Yeah, uh, they really piled it on in this one. Yeah, and like, Archer's pissed that he was lied to, but like, at this point he's like fully outraged that the Vulcans are going to take his first officer away and destroy your career. Yeah. And it's... over, Over how... In his own words, how someone chooses to express intimacy with others, which is another, like, big, like, hello, that's what this episode's about. Yeah, big, big billboard flashing that's, like... Yeah. Yep. And I say this because there are so many people who watch Star Trek and apparently just miss the fucking metaphors in it. Willful ignorance. Willful willful ignorance, for sure. For like, sure, Yeah. I, I don't understand how there are right wing Star Trek fans. Yeah, we were talking. To, we were actually talking to you about this. I was talking to somebody about this recently. I mean, I talk to you about this a lot, but yeah, yeah. I, I don't. I don't understand. Like, <laughs> I don't get it. Like, this is like the, the the most obvious metaphor in like any episode we've watched ever. Yeah, you know? this is this is fully like if you know anything about the uh, AIDS epidemic, yeah. then this episode is gonna hit home for you. Yeah, yeah. The the rape stuff uh, adds another layer of depressing reality yeah. to this. Horribly depressing reality yeah. for sure. I and will like, say though, I in enjoyed how it plays out with to Paul because I think for a show that was made in what 2003 they really do a good job of being like look like I'm not going to do that to these people yeah which, which is great that is great and like for an episode that I think saying like an episode that happened in 2003 maybe sounds like a little weird because 2003 doesn't feel that long ago. Yeah, but uh, it it it's going on 20 years ago at this point. Oh God, I'm gonna die soon. But um, 
that that was that was directly like two years after 9-11 when the country was probably at its most conservative yeah we were headed down a dark path that we're still we're still fighting against like, yeah we're the still splint the splintering of the country into its like hardcore cons- like right-wing alt-right conservative and yeah. like so, like socialism enabled liberalism yeah had, had not happened at this point our country was like straight and narrow you gotta follow the president we're yep. at war now yep. yep like and anybody like janine garofalo disappeared from television at that point because she wouldn't stop criticizing the president yeah remember when the dixie chicks were like Oh yeah, they got canceled, genuinely canceled. Yeah, by the fucking like, you know, of course the ones who were. Anyway, anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's a whole other tangent. It's a whole other thing. Two thousand three to take this stance on television was, um, I mean, through a metaphor, and like apparently uh, conservative people are too fucking stupid to understand a metaphor, so it was safer, right? Uh, But still, to have this sort of um extremely liberal viewpoint yeah was uh, a little unheard of in the era of Jack Bauer yeah exactly that's a great point also like to have to Paul say what she says I think is uh I'll give credit to to the the writers for that one because yeah. that's Ber- Berman and Braga yeah I'll give him credit for that even though he wants to be inside of a giant vagina look <laughs> But hey, I mean, whatever. Who am I <laughs> Everybody has their weird fetishes. I, for one, enjoy sexual intercourse. So, <laughs> hot takes here today. <laughs> Super hot takes. I enjoy missionary and doggy. <laughs> Both. I'm a I'm a degenerate that way, <laughs> dude. What? <laughs> Can we have that be a part of the dogs collection? Doggy style. Doggy, There's just yeah. a porno in there. It's just the uh, last episode of uh, Longmire. Oh no! Oh no! The flashbacks. <laughs> the flashbacks. Mm, the flashbacks. I love that Longmire was definitely supposed to be like this, like older hunky, like sex sexual yeah. kind of dude, but like. His mouth just hangs open, droopy like a pop pop does all the time. <laughs> it's for like fucking like our parents, like our moms who are like, oh yeah, like. But then he has sex with like a younger lady, like that doesn't yeah. work. But that's gotta be for the dudes, the straight dudes, right? Yes, you gotta be like, look, he's uh, still all the can- straight dudes I know didn't care for that scene. <laughs> no, I was like. I was like, hey, Zakoff, what are you, what are you doing? No. <laughs> I don't know who that scene was made for. Probably the guy that plays Longmire, honestly. <laughs> he was like, look, I played Agent Smith number two in the first Matrix. <laughs> I was in the Matrix, damn it. Oh, yeah, who did you play? Agent in the background. The other agent. <laughs> Not the second one in the second one. The other one in the first one. The third one in the first one. The third guy in the first one. Holy shit. Of the trilogy. <laughs> Captain Archer goes down to the planet because he's going to raise some human hell like he always does. 
and the Vulcan <laughs> physicians come out, and he's like, uh, "What are you guys doing? Like, why, why are you, why are you doing this? Why are you trying to ruin my first officer's career?" I really like. Um, <laughs> I thought this was really funny and sort of like kind of racy of him to do. <laughs> when sure. He, when he goes down, he like doesn't know where the doctor that he's looking for is. And he can't, like, tell them apart. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he, he's like, like oh, they're up. all just Vulcans, whatever. <laughs> he, he, like, walks up to a group of them and he's, like, looking, like, is that one of them? No, okay. Because, like, their hair all looks the same and shit. <laughs> and I was, like, a little yeah. racy. A little like, racy. He doesn't know what the Vulcans look like. <laughs> but uh, the, the, the doctors are just like, hey, go fuck yourself. Like, yeah, he's like, look, T'Pol isn't, you've got her DNA, you know she isn't part of the subpopulation that's capable right. of mind melding. And they're like, it doesn't matter, she did a mind meld. And it's like, I was under the impression that all Vulcans could mind meld. They Is can. Is revealed later? Yes, yeah. they, they can. T'Pol is like, yeah, all of us can do it. Like, it's not a thing. And, and I just remember feeling like, like laughing at myself when we were editing, um, the space, the Trek Kings yeah. crossover that like Vulcans talk about mind melds being a terrible intimacy that you only do at the last minute. And I did three of them in the first 10 minutes of the podcast. Dude, honestly, man, <laughs> like why? Like whatever. Just fucking mind meld your way through life. Who gives a fuck? Yeah. My dude was a very bad Vulcan anyway. So it doesn't matter. <laughs> You know, some people fuck a lot. Some people mind melt a lot. It's just sure. a whatever. Who cares? Saris was a very bad Vulcan. Um, <laughs> but like, um, there's there's a great moment. This like this little moment of foreshadowing that I like, um, where the doctors leave, except one of them stays for like a second and looks yeah, at Archer. Yeah, and Archer looks at him, and he just has this like look on his face that's like apologetic yeah he, he he's saying sorry with his eyes and like for a vulcan that's like holy shit yeah right? absolutely like, that's a great gesture yeah and um when they go back to the ship to paul says that she's been contacted by the youngest of the doctors and <laughs> like our boy archer is like what does that fucking green-blooded hobgoblin <laughs> want with you he's like he's like i'm coming with you I'm dropping you off and making sure you go inside. <laughs> you have to stand six feet apart at all times. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, Dr. Uris is his name, and he's, like, in a creepy back alley that, like, a lot of people are using. Like, everybody's just kind of walking around. <laughs> yeah, it's a little Star Wars-y here at this point, right? Sure, like, a little bit. I'm always like, like, oh, right, this kind of, like, episode two was just out, so they kind of have that, like, really bad, like, uh, establishing shot animation sure. shit going on, like, right? Like there's, it's an alley that has a bunch of random aliens y yeah. walking around in it. Yeah. Even though at this point, like, we shouldn't know this many aliens. Yeah, and they're not doing anything, and there's nothing no. around them. <laughs> they're just walking around. Yeah. yeah. But um, Dr. Uris is there, and he, he gives to Paul uh, a box. Yeah. That has four harmonicas in it. <laughs> and he says, and play your blues away. <laughs> She's like, this is, um, this is all the research that we have on it. And Tavol's like, you know, why would you put your career in jeopardy? 
And she's, uh, he says, you know, like, there's too much intolerance these days. Somebody has to stand up against it. Yeah. And uh, he reveals that he himself is a filthy, filthy mind melder. Yeah, I like when he says there's more intolerance today than there was a thousand years ago. I was like, oh, yeah. man. I don't like how close to home that feels. <laughs> Not that on Earth there's more intolerance no, today. Earth than a thousand it, no. years ago. But, but, I mean, there was there was definitely a period of time before colonialism where everybody if like you met somebody different than you you were like oh shit a new type of person yeah it had to have been fascinating and i think like we are going through that again because of the internet like it's definitely numbing our prejudices i i believe that's maybe some of us for sure i mean some like, of us, yeah i think is it overall when it comes to like the way humanity is trending yeah. the internet as a tool is absolutely numbing prejudices and turning us away from those type of old yeah. paths that because i mean like i was fully raised by television until i got the internet and then i was raised by internet exactly years. exactly and uh my family is made up of almost nothing but virulent racists <laughs> and i'm i'm a i'm tree hugging lib cuck so <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> i know i know i know how that feels yeah <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> I hear you. <laughs> but I mean, like, I think the internet has absolutely been a tool for good in that way. In I mean, some it's ways, a, it's a tool for evil in a lot yes. of other ways. But it's it's been a tool for good in that way. Yeah, I don't. I don't. Me personally, I can only speak for myself. But like, whenever I am encountered with somebody who's different from me, I'm always fascinated i'm not afraid i'm always like oh wow like that's that's interesting and and back in the day before the internet it must have been like television to them to meet new people that you know to some people probably but to like well i mean like i, I can only imagine that like your your people are like story keepers right because everybody is at that point that's how yeah. everything is passed along and then you meet this person who looks entirely different than you yeah and they have all of their own stories that you've never heard. Yeah. It's and like, wild, if, right? If, and you can figure out some way to communicate with each other, which often they did. Yeah. Then you have this whole new wealth of stories that you've never heard before. Yeah, man. It's it's interesting. It's very that, fascinating. That's sort of my favorite thing when it's done in like tabletop RPGs and video games and stuff. Because usually when like you pick a human, it's like the generic like right. species and like it's the boring one i'm always a big fan of winning like the tabletop games and stuff the thing that sets humans apart from the other species is that we're so diverse yeah and like we come in this like myriad of colors and shapes and backgrounds and experiences and all these other species are far more homogenous yeah it's exactly like star trek right where a lot of the time, like, since we are humans telling human stories in the, the medium of Star Trek, right? Like, humans are much more diverse and complicated, but also it, it makes us, like, special in our stories because we are also uh, viewed as, like, highly empathetic also we're viewed as highly violent, you know? Like, there's oh, all yeah. this crazy... Yeah. There's that dichotomy in human beings yeah. that comes through in Star Trek a lot where, like, we can be the most, like, heartfelt, emotionally open and empathetic people who will go to no 
like the ends of the universe to help others, but we also have within us the capability for immense cruelty and violence. Yeah. We're like put to shame any Klingon or or yeah. Jem'Hadar, right? Like we're it's wild. Like it's a yeah, really it's, it's yeah. what Quark says about us. You take away our creature comforts and we become yep. more volatile than any Klingon. Yep. It's it's interesting. We humans are a strange breed. We're weird. We're fucking weird ape people who don't have tails. <laughs> Where did I mean, my goddamn tail go? You don't want a tail. Asking. You'd have to wash it. It would suck to have a tail. But would it like, be hairy? You take yeah, you need like a Goku tail, right? Yeah, but then It'd the full a- moon happens and you turn into a fucking rage gorilla. Uh, so? <laughs> <laughs> well, say goodbye to society, dude. Say goodbye to Grandpa Gohan. <laughs> You're gonna kill your pop-pop because you have a tail? <laughs> Is it worth it? My favorite part about that is I don't think Goku ever found out that that's how his grandpa no. <laughs> Did they ever tell him? Is it something I don't like, think anyone ever tells him that. Hey, you killed your pop-up because he turned into a fucking super monkey. <laughs> uh, he's too stupid to understand it. He just likes to eat rice. <laughs> he loves to eat everything. He loves to eat dinosaur. Get it's it? his favorite. Because metabolism's high. Anyway... It's time to take a quick commercial break to thank all of our big sponsors for this episode. Uh, They all happen to be from the early 90s for some reason. We'll be right back after these messages. After these messages, we'll be right back. I don't want to grow up. I'm a Toys R Us kid. Hey, you just said the magic words. Now look what you did. I don't want to grow up. I'm a Toys R Us kid. You got the best Christmas really flip your lid. It's the new and hot. It's a toy they've got. And the prices are hard to beat. I don't want to grow up, because if I did... You couldn't be a Toys R Us kid. More games, more toys. It's the world's it's biggest Toys R Let's go. Welcome back from those messages, everybody. Hopefully you bought whatever product that was in 1992. Yeah, or sometimes I'll put in a commercial for, like, like a 1970s dumb commercial, like, uh, stockings. <laughs> stockings? I don't know. I don't fucking know. It's, like, hard to find stuff. It's true. It's true. It's hard to do stuff, you know? I agree. <laughs> I think... I think it's been... I think we Six missed. Weeks since you're looking at me. <laughs> I think we missed last month putting a commercial up. Oh, sorry. I'll put up two. I'll get. I'll send out two. Uh, pay more money, I guess, and we'll give you more stuff. Anyway, I just uh, forget because it's. I have a. I, I just it slips my mind because I'm a awful person. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> uh, Doctor Uris is like uh, I'm not infected myself. Only if a very small minority of melders have the illness, even though they're being persecuted for the illness entirely which again, is, again which is yeah very nail, on, nail the in the head yeah 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 uh, <laughs> and again to paul tells yuris that she became infected during a violation and he's like well you need to tell the others this they'll sympathize with you if the disease isn't your fault if it was forced on you yeah and she kind of like has this look this like really and i gotta give it to the actress her name is 
Jolene Blaylock. Jolene Blaylock. She has this incredible ability to showcase emotion in a way that's still perfectly within Vulcan confines. She um is probably second only to Spock in terms of people who play Vulcans. Like Yeah. Absolutely. She's really good. She's really good as a Vulcan. Like, uh Tuvok is really great as well, but he's uh he doesn't show a whole lot of like the more um subtlety the not so much the subtlety the vulnerable side of a Vulcan. yeah he's, he's classic vulcan he's like yeah. vulcan classic right yeah he's like co classic he, yeah he's like co classic <laughs> uh but um back on the ship tucker is ducking feasel he's having lunch with ensign sato and they're yeah. like discussing visiting the planet because Sato's like look how are you gonna hang out up here when there's like a dope planet down there full of like jet skis and shit <laughs> and like laser movies laser movies he's like no we're gonna watch a movie on the ship it's we're gonna watch Boris Karloff movie we're gonna watch Kentucky Fried movie my favorite <laughs> I'm from Florida actually but um <laughs> We're going to watch Not Another Teen Movie. <laughs> it's a classic. You know what Channing Tatum? But, um... <laughs> is Channing Tatum no, in Not Another know. Teen Movie? Is he? I Did I make so. that up? I don't, I don't think, think he is. It's, uh... Chris... Uh... The good one. The good Chris. Chris Hemsworth. He's good, too. Um... Chris... Oh, Evans. uh... Chris Evans, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, um, Sato's like, look, I'm, I'm taking off, but, uh, Tucker sees Feasel across the room, and he's yeah, like, she's ah, please stay, just drink the coffee. He's like, try the pecan pie, it's so good. And she's, and she's like, like, all right, all right. All right you fucking weirdo. <laughs> and Feasel comes over and she's like, can I join? And Sato's just like, yeah, I'm not even gonna ask Tucker about it, sit down. Yeah, I've been meaning to meet you, I'm Ensign Hoshi Sato. And this is Commander Tucker, who, I don't know, do you want to fuck him? <laughs> yeah, it seems like every alien does. Yeah, apparently. But Feasel's, like, rubbing his leg the whole Playing time. Playing footsies. Yeah, and with her sock on, which is really weird. It and is strange. You know there was a meeting where they were like, she has to have a stocking on. This is too sexual. It's too sexy, even for CW, where we rub yeah. blue goo all over each other's naked bodies in episode <laughs> two. <laughs> but, um, the... Like, Sato speaks to her in Denobulan, and they have, like, a little conversation about grammar back and forth. And Tucker's like, y'all talking about me. I feel like I'm being talked about. And they're like, actually, we are. And uh, Feasel's like, oh, Ensign Sato is just talking about how uh, attractive she finds you. Yeah, this is, like, some fucking, like, like... I don't know, like soap opera y shit. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, so like uh, Commander, I was not talking about that. I was talking about grammar. And yeah. Feasel's like, whatever. <laughs> She's like, like well, dude, I gotta go by. What? Like the duplicitousness, man. Like she does this to get Sato out yeah. of there. And Tucker's like, look, you're married. And she's like, so what? I'm a woman. Isn't that all that matters? And Tucker's like, gotta go. He he pulls his collar and he's like, and he he jumps up and hides his boner with a notebook and runs away. (laughs) 
And then uh, everyone's favorite character who has the most personality, Malcolm Reed, <laughs> is is in the gym. Well, they, he goes to the gym to work out his sexual frustrations, yeah. right? And Tucker's like, Reed, what do I do? And Reed's like, you should probably just avoid her. He's like, no, I need to talk to Phlox. He's like, I wouldn't tell Phlox about it. Yeah, he's like, I, I saw him get mad at his, his hamster once. <laughs> One of his patients bit him, and he turned into a big... He turned into Mrs. Puff from Spongebob. <laughs> oh, he turned into Yoshi after he eats a turtle shell with wings. <laughs> he stomped all over it. Flew around with wings. It was weird. Uh, but Tucker's like, no, nah, I gotta tell him. I gotta tell him. I like how Reed's like, I think she's attractive. And it's like, yeah, no shit. Yeah, Reed's Reed's like, well, can I fuck her? (laughs) Dude, he's always like trying to get them sloppy seconds. He is. He is. He is. He is. Lieutenant. That's why. Always a lieutenant, never a commander. Uh oh. There's so many patrons at the lieutenant level who are like, wait a minute. Look, if you want to fuck Feasel, you gotta be a commander. Uh, or you gotta be cool with sloppy seconds, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Phlox is, like, looking at the harmonicas that Dr. Uris gave him. <laughs> he's and like, he's like, well, he's like, it's not a cure, it's the blues. Oh <laughs> my god. <laughs> but he's like, I think I can find the cure, though, because I'm far more motivated than the Vulcan Medical Council, since I like they how- want you all to die. I like how highly he thinks of himself. He's like, I can probably figure it out. <laughs> I'm the greatest doctor in the world because I'm the main doctor in the show. Jesus Christ. All right. Well, let's do that then. <laughs> the The captain comes in and he's like, look, bad news, everybody. The Vulcan uh, delegation, uh, the doctor from the Vulcan delegation is a ranking member of the Vulcan Medical Council. And has desi- decided to recall to Paul and take her back to Vulcan with them. Censure her, basically. Yeah. She's, they're going to take her back to the high command and put her on trial for uh, being gay. Sure. Put, having... her, put her on trial for having HIV, really. Yeah, it's a little muddled. It's a little like... They try to hit it home a little bit, but it's still... like For like a logical, not uh, bigot... Like myself, I'm like, wait, why are they? <laughs> yeah, you, you <laughs> like, have to have a bigot brain to yeah. understand why they're doing. Well, it's What's like, the problem? Yeah, I think that they they understand that she's not part of the minority, like DNA wise, but they're spreading their influence through the non minority, and that they right. also need to be taken care of, quote unquote. Right. It's it's a political move right yes absolutely strategic political move archer and phlox are both on board with dr uris from earlier like that t'pol needs to tell the council and to tell the medical council even before she goes to the high command yeah that she was forced into the mind meld but this is when the episode takes like a turn uh for for like a very realistic viewpoint that I think is like very noble. She says it doesn't yeah. matter how she got the illness. If she talks about it being forced upon her as a defense, she's like joining in on their prejudice. She's, she's indicting yeah. it. And she's indicting everybody who can mind meld, which is yeah, which is um very 
forward thinking and very like and, and I feel like in any other show for the time they would just she would be like well they would play up the like well I don't know I'm just a I'm so traumatized you know but instead yeah. she's she's like no like I I know what happened it doesn't matter like no the, like she's um, yeah. part of this group these people who suffer from this disease and they shouldn't be treated horribly because of it the, this bigotry shouldn't stand against this minority of people yeah yeah it's and a really good maybe one of the best to paul moments like she's yeah. all right in the show but that this is like a really good um, one i remember there were people who stood up and were like talked about uh, aids and hiv and talked about how it wasn't spread in the way the public yeah. was thinking it was spread and they stood up for the homosexual community who were being villainized yeah. as being, like, hyper-spreaders. Right. Uh, none of that was particularly true. It was just they were extremely um, susceptible to it because they weren't getting the correct medical care. They, weren't, they didn't have the correct insurances because they were gay. Yeah, also, the, um, the population centers that they lived in, there were more gay people and more... Yes people in general and that's always going to add more uh like chances for the disease meanwhile straight people also dying of AIDS oh yeah they were, that's the thing <laughs> and those people who stood up and took up for the homosexual community were always labeled by the yeah. general public as well they're gay and hiding it and they have right. HIV that's right. why they're taking up for it because otherwise why would you take a stand and I think that's yeah. sort of what's happening with the Vulcan Medical Center here in Tapal is like they're like demonizing her for taking this stand, right? And um, the I think we sort of look back with this sort of like rose tinted glasses on the 1990s and like right. Um, a lot of Republicans look back with these rose tinted glasses for the Reagan years, the 80s, yeah. But um. I was just thinking about, I saw a tweet the other day where they were saying, like, people look back on the 90s as this golden age of freedom and, like, yeah. anti-cancel culture or whatever. And I, I guess they forget about uh, the public hearing and indictments of the in the Congress over Mortal Kombat. Yeah, they forgot about, <laughs> uh, like, Tipper and Al Gore going after fucking, like, NWA, right? Yeah. And, it, and, and it's, it has nothing to do with the music. It has everything to do with they were black and being... Yeah. Successful. That's what about all. That that, fucking, yeah. What about the fucking public hearing they had over censorship when uh, you could see Rachel's nipple through her shirt? Yeah, yeah. You friends. Could, yeah, you could see her her titties. And uh, the nineties were uh, a time rife with cancellation. <laughs> there was there was plenty of bigotry still and fe mostly fear, right? Like. And yeah, that's and we are a like our country is made up of a fearful people. Yeah, I don't know why we're so afraid. I don't know. I don't know why. I mean, I guess it's just like it's like trained on us to be that way. Sure. I, I, I mean, like I think the '80s is probably when the news realized that bad news, yeah, does better ratings wise. No, I think you're right. I think I think you're at like it is the news, and I and I feel like. Um, not to suck our generation's dicks, but I will. Uh, we have 
very uh, i know myself personally i'm very uh, turned against that i don't watch the news i don't there's no. other ways to get information i mean like there, there's no <laughs> there's no rating system for newspapers yeah, yeah. there's no like rating system for web, for like websites right like, and you can put whatever you want online but i mean there are reputable places to check and see if things are true or not right uh, you just have to do a little bit of due diligence, and you won't be spouting horse shit. Yeah. Also, like uh, being educated helps. Like, like you know, being not an idiot. It's true. <laughs> I, I'm always a big fan of like right wing folks. We're, I'm just being super political in this episode. I uh, mean, it makes sense. Well, like right wing folks are always like, oh, when we send our kids to college, they come back as liberals because they get brainwashed. Nah, man, they read some books. I always talk <laughs> about that. Mike, Mike and I would always talk about our parents sent us to college and then they were pissed off that we learned shit. Yeah, absolutely. They were pissed off that we figured out how to use like tools and computers and like deal with things like they they got they got mad about that <laughs> well, i mean we're the generation that like our parents told us endlessly like if you don't go to college then you're gonna like end up in some dead-end job that you hate making no yeah. money and then we all took out loans to go to college because that was the only way we could do yeah. it and we were told to do that if we needed to and uh now the same people our parents and our relatives and everybody else are pointing fingers back like well you took the fucking money like you're the idiot yep <laughs> i didn't know there was any choice for me than to go to college really with how hard it was pushed into my brain uh, yeah also um i was promised a job that was going to yeah, where did that go pay my, me a money <laughs> Every job I've had after college has paid me a few dollars more than minimum wage. Yeah. Maximum. Oh, well, look, Jeff, if you stop fucking buying uh, Frappuccinos, you'll be able to buy I a house. I don't even drink coffee 99% of the time. I don't well, eat avocado toast. I'm sure that you have some sort of vice that you're just keeping secret that spends all your money. Perhaps it's Meth. action figures. Oh, yeah, action figures. <laughs> we're talking about you now, Jeff. Oh, yeah, we're talking about me. Yeah, definitely you, not anyone else. I did order donuts through DoorDash two days in a row. So there oh, is what kind that. did you get? I got an assortment. I got um, the Simpsons donuts. The, oh, they're, uh, the, they're the great. The strawberry-topped yeah. one with sprinkles. Sprinkles? Yeah, I got those. those I got some good. of those. I got glazed. I got the mm -hmm. chocolate covered with sprinkles. What about I chocolate a, glaze? I got a powdered one. I don't like powdered that much. I like powdered. I like chocolate glaze, but it gives me death. Well, every chocolate gives you death. Yeah, but chocolate glaze rules. It does rule. I'm not going to not eat chocolate glaze. So get fucked. Anyway. <laughs> You're not my dad. <laughs> well, as far as we know. Mm, that's true. <laughs> Could be be some weird time travel shenanigans happening there but yeah also have you met linda <laughs> maybe <laughs> i don't know yet but um she's she is not going to indict an entire peoples just so that she can get out of some trouble yep. and i think that is cool as hell 
But yeah. Archer goes back down to the planet and he confronts the oldest of the Vulcans, Dr. Orat. I guess he chooses him because he can tell him apart from the others because of the gray hair. He's got a gray uh, mo haircut. Because he's, he's a little racy. Dr. Yeah. Archer's a little racy. <laughs> I, I like how um he's like seething though. Like I like Oh he's so mad. He's like trying so hard not to punch this guy. Like but and he, I do like that because I, I feel that that mad way. too. Yeah, yeah. But Archer finds out through looking through Vulcan protocols that uh is actually supposed to get a hearing before any of this happens. And Dr. Orat's like, well, I'm sorry you don't understand the intricacies of our species, but, like, mm-hmm. this doesn't apply. There's nothing to litigate over this. And Archer's like, I disagree wholeheartedly. Yeah. He's like, and where he's I like, come from, we debate everything. Which he's is like, funny. it's a waste of your time. And he's like, it's my time to waste! It's very Kirk. Yeah, and it's I very that Kirk. was great. Yeah. And he's like, Fine. <laughs> Uh, we we will not push back the date of our departure, though. So it has to be tomorrow afternoon or never. And Archer's like, good, fine. He's like, great, he's, I'll be there. And he's like, I'll see you there. Fine, as the door closes. I thought that was funny. But. The guy who plays the doctor is really good in this scene, too, because he's playing like he's trying to maintain his his composure. Yeah, yeah, but he's so offended. You can but he, tell. Yeah, but he's so in annoyed, but he's Vulcan, and he can't be annoyed, right? It's yeah. It's he has really to, he good. has to control those emotions. Yeah. Um, back in sick play, sick play. Yeah, Flox is treating everybody's favorite character, Travis Mayweather. Travis Mayweather is like, I fell off a mountain, I broke my leg. I fell off of a, a camel, I broke my leg. He's like, I was playing monkey in the middle with some bulls, <laughs> some space bulls, <laughs> and I got I got bashed. I like how Flox is like, good thing it wasn't lower, and Travis is like, oh shit, my dick area? Travis does have this look on his face like, Oh god, you're right. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. Yeah. But uh there's a little bit of comedy here. He's trying to explain this alien sport in a way that Flocks would understand. He just doesn't get it. Yeah, he's like, Don't you have monkey in the middle on Denobula? And then he's like, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> Why would you do that to a monkey? <laughs> he doesn't understand, yeah. But uh Tucker comes in and he's like, I need to talk to you. And he's like, Cool, what's up? <laughs> he's like, I I need I mean privately. And Travis is like, all right, you could have just asked me to leave, but... He ordered him to leave, right? Bye-bye. I just find that so rude. Like, wouldn't you be like, hey, Travis, can I talk to Phlox for a minute? Yeah, I I don't know how I'd do it, because I'm, like, socially stupid. Like, I I probably would Yeah, but he's like, hey, Phlox, can you make this guy leave? I probably would (laughs) have just waited. I'd have been like, I'd have been like, I can hang out here for a second, right? Like, Yeah, absolutely. But that would get like, the he's hint. He's like, Flox, yeah. make this man leave. Yeah, make this, <laughs> this 18-year-old child who keeps trying to kill himself leave. <laughs> make, make this man leave my presence, please. <laughs> but Don't Tucker's, you have, like, a Jeffrey's tube to float around in, Travis? Tucker's like, Flox, I need, uh, Feasel, I mean, Mrs. Flox has been making advances. And he's like, sexual advances? Yeah, and the way that he's playing it is like you can't tell, yeah. right? You're like, oh shit. And he's like, yeah, I'm afraid so. And he's like, oh, 
Awesome. Did she uh, offer to give you a rose petal bath yet? (laughs) And he's like, like, what? He's like, no, what? And he's like, don't you find her attractive? And he's like, yeah, no. (laughs) Dude, he's like completely fucked up, right? You don't mess around with another man's wife. And Phlox is like, you're lost. You're lost. (laughs) Dude, at that point, I would have been like, you know what? All right. <laughs> if I was Flocks, I'd have been like, hey, man, maybe you should look at some, like, records of human sexuality. This ain't yeah. weird. This is not no. not normal. <laughs> yeah, like, uh, I uh, I don't know. I, I, I They play up his, like, folksiness, but he fucks that what's-her-name princess on that swamp planet. He doesn't care about that. Well, he was so horny from being in a swamp again. <laughs> But, like, what's the difference? I mean, I guess because he's married. But they he knows that they have, like, polyamorous marriages. Like, Yeah, they're sitting there talking about the, num- like, numbered wives and husbands and stuff. Yeah. Like, Phlox is not Fiesel's husband. He's one of her husbands. Yeah, and... Yes, exa- she has, ex- exactly. She has two others. Right, it's not a, uh, what do they call that? What's the thing that the Mormons do? <laughs> Polyamory. No, the the bad thing. Where the wives. Poly Sure. <laughs> the bad thing. Poly Shore. <laughs> uh the where it's just the wives and then like Poly they, Fuck. I can't I'm like a big idiot today. I'm sorry. Polygon. Polygamy. 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 Yeah. Thank you. God, we fucking got there, finally. I I definitely didn't Google that or anything. Yeah. And still say the wrong one. So it's, yeah, it's not like, um, I would say polygamy is like, uh, uh, sexist and controlling, right? Because it's just, it's just the men with wives. Yeah, they're, they, like, they can't even keep track of all their fucking wives and shit. They're like, whose wife was that? <laughs> like, they don't even fucking know. Because they, they, like, have genuine, like, poly- polyamory where, like, they can be with whoever they want while they're still together, and that's perfectly fine. I like, I, I really like this, because it's, like, kind of a opening into, like, what, like, we always talk about, or what I always talk about with is, like, in Star Trek, there's, like, this sexual renaissance, right? Where, like... Sure, yeah. Well, we meet all these aliens that have these different setups for sexual relationships, and we're yeah. like, wow, why haven't we done this? Like, why are we so, yeah. like, trapped in what we have? It makes the human race think about, like, what we're doing. And you're right, too. Like, we do that now anyway, right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> like there's one, people... One of, my, one of my good friends is in... Uh, polycule i believe yeah. is the correct word right now like it's just different different people find uh contentment and fulfillment in different types of relationships yeah like i'm i'm fully on board with just being married to one lady and that's it josh forever. what being, be, being married to me <laughs> we are my not so hetero life partner I mean, one of these days, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be the top. <laughs> one of these days, I keep telling him that everybody. He'll... <laughs> no, man, I fucking, I, I 
yeah, I think it's it's interesting, like, right? Like certain <laughs> people just like different things and like that's yeah, okay, absolutely. man. It's none of anyone's fucking business. And I think it fits well with this episode. Maybe not like really well cuz it's a little goofy, right? Yeah, I mean, this is definitely the like comedy relief section of the episode. Yeah. Like I don't think Rick Berman and Brandon Braga really thought that this was all about sexual awakening and representing no. genuine polycule relationships. No, I mean, no, no. The way the Denobulans work isn't like a polycule where like everyone is dating everyone. No, no. It's like uh, uh, it's very hetero still, where like yeah. men have three wives and wives have three husbands. Right. So it's still for Denobulans, that's very conservative, right? Yes, <laughs> like, absolutely. Like, that would be, like, an ultra, cons- not ultra, but, like, very, like, uh... It's like a nuclear family yeah, type yeah, thing. Yeah. A nuclear family and, uh, the the way we look at it in America is the, the wife and kid, and the, the wife and 2.5 kids. Yeah, 2.5 kids. Simpsons family. Cat and a dog, picket fence, yeah. Yeah, and the nuclear family on Denobulus is, uh, uh, having three wives, and the wives having three husbands each. Yeah, they talk about it, I think, at some point, too. Like, I think someone's like, how do your children get raised? Because he talks about his son, right? Yeah, like, everybody raises him. And he's like, yeah, like, don't you guys in on Earth say, like, it takes a village or whatever? And he's like, well, that's kind of, like, how we do it. Like, That'd be really funny, though, because, like, Denobulan households are probably, like, villages. Well, they're probably, like, apartment complexes. And they talk yeah. about that, too, how, like, everyone lives on top of one another, right? Like... It's, like, so overcrowded on that and planet. Then, and then everyone lays on top of one another. Yeah, and it's, like, just a jizz waterfall. And it's, like, the Denobulans have open marriages as well. Like, Feasel's yeah. trying to fuck. Yeah, and maybe, but maybe, like, Phlox's uh, other wives don't like that. You know what I mean? Like, maybe Feasel is, like, Phlox's, like, uh... Ex- exhibitionist wife or something, you know what I mean? Like maybe she it's just like, lo- it's yeah, it's definitely up to each of them whether yeah. they care to like go outside the marriage to find uh, further sexual gratification or not. Yeah, and uh, of course, like it's just sort of accepted as well. Like they ex- they're all into it yeah. one way or another. It's not weird. It's not a taboo. No, no. and uh, again, I think. Tucker needs to look at some history because it's not really that weird by this point in history. I would, I would so. just like to point out he's from Florida. <laughs> it's true. Not even, not even Disney World. <laughs> now he's from a giant crater in the ground, Florida, wherever. <laughs> oh damn! Spoiler alert. Fuck. Anyway, Grand Archer- Canyon, Florida. <laughs> <laughs> the si- Grand Canyon 2 Florida. We should make a shirt. <laughs> the- Thanks for visiting Grand Canyon 2 Florida. It's just a shot of that movie theater that they go to when they go to the, the pit, and it's just fucking horrifying. Jesus Christ. And then CBS can take it down. Yeah, they could get mad at us. Uh, Archer goes back to the ship and tells Paul about the hearing, and she's... She's a little incredulous about the hearing existing, and then she's a little t- 
timid about participating in it. Yeah, she doesn't really... She's kind of checked out, right? She's like, yeah, she's ready to go. It's over. Her career's done. But Archie's like, look, this isn't just your opportunity to clear your own name. It's your opportunity to defend that minority that you feel has been so unjustly treated. Yeah. And she's like, look, the one thing I don't want revealed during this is that an assault caused this. Right. I I want this to stay with me. He's it like, ruins everything I'm trying to stand for. Yeah, and Archie's like, I promise I won't say yeah, that. Yeah, I won't say anything about it. And to his credit, he does. He it. never does. Yeah. Which is good. I forgot and, if he did or not, but then I remembered what happens when I was got to the beginning. Uh, the when, we do, when we do get to the hearing, um, we find out that the reason why she's being recalled isn't that she has the disease, according to the Vulcans. It's that it's the method that was contracted, which was the mind meld, which yeah, is illegal. She, she had gay sex, right? Like yeah. that would be the, like our, the gay sex yeah. is illegal. The gay sex is illegal. Apparently in Alabama, still probably. Yes. I don't know. <laughs> at the at the hearing, that's that's the first thing we learn, and then um, like Archer gets so mad. Yeah. He's like, oh, we're a young and volatile and hateful race and small-minded. Yet the only small-minded thing I'm hearing yeah. now is from you. We don't have, hold a candle to you in, in small-mindedness. It's like, yeah. he's brutal, man. And I love the quote because you could tell like his character like hates that quote like he thinks about it all the time oh yeah when he's like he's like you're too short-sighted and volatile like he takes it super personally right like he's he's like the the clear implication of all this is that any vulcan no matter like how distinguished their record is how like amazing they are at their job no matter who they are as a person can have one mind meld and will just lose everything they've ever worked for. And they're like, yep. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. Paul says, look, this isn't a choice, though, for the yeah. minority of people. They're born with this ability. Right. And they're like, oh, well, you were drawn into this uh, perversion. You were drawn into this, like, uh, degeneracy. Right. And... Paul says, um, "This I'm not being recalled because of a disease. I'm being recalled because it's a way for you to continue to oppress a minority that doesn't yep. conform to your ideals of acceptable behavior." Yeah, and they're like, "Oh, we're going to end this hearing." Yeah, and, but then Eurus steps forward. He, he says, "Look." She's right. This is what you're doing, and it's I'm tired of you treating us this way. And Doctor Whitehair is like, he grabs, he grabs his pearls, his fucking, yeah. grabs his wig. Oh my god! He's <laughs> he's like, look, there's nothing abhorrent about the way that the mind melders live their lives. It's just a different way to share your thoughts. Yeah, and he and he says like, we we do it because that's what we like to do. We like to feel that, you know. Yeah, and, and they like they stand up, they clutch their pearls. They're like, yeah. "Oh, well, we, this hearing is over. We're we're leaving. You both of you are going to get yeah, you're gonna get in trouble with the principal." Yeah, and 
Yuri's fine. He just blurts out like T'Pol was assaulted. Yeah. She didn't do this by choice. It was forced upon her. And T'Pol's like, uh, that's neither here nor there with what we're talking about here. Like, I'm... Yeah. I refuse to speak on that. And Archer's... And they like, do you second that captain? And he looks at her and he kind of grimaces and he says... I, if that's what my first officer says she wants to yeah. stand at, then I stand with her. She says my first officer doesn't want to discuss it, and that's okay with me or whatever. And which is like a, a you know, he's he's he doesn't break his promise, but y- if you're not an idiot, you could read between the lines, yeah, right? And absolutely, <laughs> like you could say like, oh yeah, he knows that that happened. Yeah. The uh, we get one last quick little comedy relief segment where Orko tries to use magic and it just <laughs> blows up in his face. <laughs> now, back in sickbay, uh, the Phloxes, Fiesel and Phlox... Doctor. <laughs> Fiesel and Doctor are... Uh, they're working on the new microscope and Tucker's just kind of like standing there and uh, they're just having a conversation about like the microscope and everything, and seeing each other again. And Tucker's yeah. like, "All right, why? Well, I, I gotta go. I gotta go." He's like, "He's like, ah, I'll make sure to keep your microscope in working order." And then Fiesel's like, uh, "Make sure, Doctor Flox, you keep Tucker in working order. Maybe I'll come back." And yeah, they, I'll come back more often. He's like, I gotta go, bastard. And they dude. do that sniff thing, and he, I love this because like he's like right there like it's very like overt symbolism right like oh, they're, yeah. they're a triangle standing there and he's he like tilts his head back and like looks away because he's like ah <laughs> god and then he's like plasma's running a little hot and he goes Dude. She's, she's like I know how it feels and yeah, like, oh, that was the, he was like yes that's what I was saying he's like yes thank you yeah. for reiterating what I was saying he, I'm leaving he, he pieces out and then they start laughing at him <laughs> they look like humans yeah Fox goes humans and then they laugh which I think is really great that like, is really good I love funny. it when Star Trek takes the piss out of us a little bit yeah we need it we need it right we need it real bad yeah back in archer's ready room uh we find out that dr uris has been suspended and that he's headed back to vulcan to be seen by the vulcan high command yeah she says you know none of that is shocking yeah it's to be expected Archer says, you know, selfishly, one good thing did come out of this. The delegation believed that T'Pol was infected as the result of an assault when Eurus told them, so she's not being recalled. Yeah, I like when she's in the hearing still, and um, she says, like, like they're like, well, can you confirm this? And, and she's like, why? So you can perpetuate your double standard. I think that's gr- a great line. Yeah, absolutely. So you can condemn the people who do this, but then feel sympathy for the people who get it. Yeah, it's like, uh, man, it's like, oh. Yeah, the Vulcans, uh, one of the things that made me very hesitant to get into Enterprise to begin with was that the Vulcans are like clear-cut, mustache-twirling villains <laughs> for most of it. <laughs> Like completely unsympathetic, I will say, dastardly ass villains. That is a point of view of somebody who loves Vulcans. (laughs) 
you... they, there's like besides to Paul, there's nothing redeeming about any of them that well, show up for doc- most of the show. There's Doctor Urius. There's Tapal. There, there's a lot of them. I think that the what I like the most. Well, how how many sympathetic Cardassians do we meet? Probably the same amount. <laughs> yeah, but like it's the journey, man. It's the journey of like. True. How Again, they... you didn't have to jump in and take up for Enterprise. I know that's your normal stance. <laughs> well, you I was going to say I didn't... did get into it when I looked past that. You didn't have to jump in and suck off the Vulcans' dicks. <laughs> I mean, I know you love if them. If you want to let me finish my goddamn sentence. <laughs> I know you love them, Jeff. I know. <laughs> I know Enterprise is without fault. <laughs> It's perfect in every way. Finally, somebody understands. The CW didn't do anything to it negative. <laughs> anyway, T'Pol asks for Archer's permission to contact the High Command so that she can, uh, you know, take up for Yuri and uh, yeah. Uris and hopefully change his fate a little bit. And he agrees, and they talk about how the they hope that this sort of encourages other people to speak out about mm-hmm. the topic. And it's a bittersweet sort of ending because T'Pol is still on the ship, but nothing has really been solved about a societal problem, which is uh, poignant because, yeah. I mean, societies change glacially. Yeah, except for... In season four, when the shit hits the fan. They have to wrap everything up really quickly because the show's being canceled at the end of the season. I that and I, I think they were getting ready for the war, and uh, obviously to Paul at this point, you, like one of my favorite things about to Paul and Enterprise is she very early on, whether she knows it or not, is disconnecting from Vulcan society. Like, she does not approve of how Vulcan is at that moment. And I think subconsciously, like, there's a lot to be said about what she does as a character. Like, she does the mind meld. She takes Trellium D, right? She she does... She gets in a relationship with a human. Like, all these taboos and things that Vulcans are, you know, against, she does because, of like, she finds that, like... There's another way. Like, Vulcans don't have to be so Vulcan. They can be a part of, like, what would become the Federation, right? Like, she's like a pioneer in that sense. Even more so than Spock is. Like, Spock like, already had the benefit of being born into the Federation, right? Like, yeah, absolutely. It, it she, she's, she's one of the characters that most um, crafts what the Federation is going to be like yeah. right alongside Archer. Yeah. The two of the, their relationship I think is like really good. And it's yes. like, it's like, um, it, enterprise I, again, I know I'm it's, it's perfect. Right. To, uh, but mm-hmm. all joking aside, without flaws, without flaws, <laughs> it's, it does a, a, a Kirk and Spock relationship in a prequel way. I think the only way that it could be done. And it works out really well. It's one of the strengths of the show. Trip Tucker, not one of the strengths of the show. No, not so much. <laughs> not so much. The relationship between uh, Archer and T'Pol is like, uh, it starts out fairly volatile and strengthens yeah. and connects as the series goes on. 
to the point where you completely understand how humans and Vulcans being so completely different from each other yeah. can um, form a federation and become these people who work together so tightly. Yeah. And um, I know that uh, Vulcans are pure and good and have never done anything bad. <laughs> But uh, they have an extremely rigid society that definitely needed to have a monkey wrench thrown into it. Yeah. The shape of Jonathan Archer. Yeah, Jesus. Vulcan Jesus. Vulcan Jesus, Jonathan Archer. I love that part when they're on Vulcan and he laughs at the story of, uh, what's his name? The fucking... Sarek? S- or Sirach. Uh, Sirach. Yeah. And he and and uh Tapal's like, what are you laughing at? What's so funny? He's like, I, I find this familiar. <laughs> yeah, I find this story very familiar. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's a really neat like perspective, you know. Yeah. And I mean like uh it's it's not as if Vulcan society didn't need the monkey wrench of uh Captain Kirk thrown into it. Yeah. Or uh Mr. Spock thrown right. into it. Uh, there's a there's a tendency for um, Vulcan society to cloister in on itself when it isn't yeah. being opened purposefully. Yeah, it's like a big clam. Vulcan's <laughs> society's like a big clam. Clam up, and you gotta you gotta shuck that shit. Every Whoa! So often. Wow! You gotta shuck a Vulcan every so often. Shuck it hard. Um, and I think that's sort of the the basic message of star trek at its absolute core is that we're all better together yeah our differences make us stronger it's it's and, always been that way it, it will and always when our be differences intermingle and we learn and we grow together then that's far better than us being apart and the growth we would have then yeah there just wouldn't be any that's why it's true like humans again uh, extremely empathetic, but also fairly volatile, are um, calmed by the presence of the Vulcans. Vulcans l- learn to m- maybe not take the stick out of their ass, but like pull it out a couple inches, you know? <laughs> and maybe push it back in, and then pull it out again, and then get maybe some, push it back in. <laughs> get some breathing room up in the canal. That's all I'm saying. Air, air it out a bit, yeah. Well, just a little. Yeah. I mean, um, also, um, Romulans have infiltrated and are destroying. Yeah. Spoiler the, alert. The, the, the Romulan <laughs> deep state over here. Yeah. Spoiler alert. No, Romulans yeah. are actually never done anything wrong. Oh, God. <laughs> anyway, I got to count my credits. <laughs> ching, ching. You're going to spend those in, a, in the Federation? How are you going to do that? I don't know. I'll fuck. You didn't I think made this. a mistake. You didn't think this through. <laughs> John Larroquette fun fact of the week. Oh, man. This episode being about HIV and sexual orientation isn't coincidental. Uh, Viacom, the mm-hmm. parent company of the CW at this point, had an HIV awareness campaign happening across their channels in 2003. Oh, that's cool. Uh, Rick Berman stated that they didn't have to come up with a storyline. Yeah. Uh, which seems like a lie. It seems like one of those things like, well, we went to a thing and they were like, you know, you don't have to do it, but we're so good. Yeah, we're maybe. We're such good people. Maybe uh, maybe your show gets canceled after four seasons. <laughs> <laughs> yes. 
Um, that's cool. I mean, I, I, I was just thinking about like how before when we watched uh, Outcast, right? Like they they were like, well, like they didn't want to go as far as they could, and here they seem to have gone far farther than they needed to, which is kind of nice. But well, there's um. As always with this type of episode, there's a little bit of a um, backlash at the metaphor. Of course. Um, since it's 2003. And, at TV's, this point, and TV's real. TV's a real thing. At so. this point, in 2000, there was a uh, male-on-male kiss on a bunch of television shows. Yeah. Um, so uh, the metaphor being used instead of something far more straight to the point dealing with prejudice based on sexual orientation. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were a few detractors, but nowhere near as much as you would get in, say, like, The Outcast for having a woman play the character. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think this was fairly mild, actually. Just a few critics. Well, not everyone was watching it. <laughs> <laughs> right? I can see that point of view, to be honest. I don't agree with it, but no, I can see I, it. No, I'm sure, though, like... <laughs> People who get pissed off at this type of thing, they find a way to f- be pissed off, even if they haven't watched it. So I think, I think you're right. I think that it probably was better received than it would have been. At the, I feel like at the time it was definitely sort of a breath of fresh air. Yeah. To, I mean, I I wouldn't say. I definitely would not say the Enterprise is light on episodes that have like a genuine uh, moral. Like a genuine empathic moral, I think Enterprise has plenty of those type of episodes. Yeah, but I feel like Enterprise as a whole was probably a fairly breath of a fairly big breath of fresh air, considering what else was on television at that time. Yeah, considering, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you were alive and were sentient in two thousand and three, oh That's, god. Uh, most popular television shows 2003. It's got to be 24, right? Uh, Nip Tuck. Uh. The OC. <laughs> wow. Uh, Arrested Development. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Reno 911. Oh, a, great show. Well, Mythbusters. Yeah. Um, 2000 dramas. Cold case. Ugh. Uh, twenty four. Uh, blue murder. What the fuck is that? A lot of cop shows. A lot, a lot, uh, a lot of cop shows. Was NYPD Blue still on at this point? I don't think so. I used to hate that show. It was so dark and stupid. And then they would show a butt and think like pat themselves on the back. Like, yeah, oh, we showed a butt. Somebody said shit once. Yeah, in this episode. It's like, yeah, you know how I know people don't like like watch stuff. <laughs> they freak out about a butt and a, them saying shit. Like that was a big. That was like a television event. NYPD Blue was gonna say shit. It's so dumb. <laughs> Can you believe it? It's so stupid that it's so fucking dumb. Now if you play a cartoon after nine, it can say shit. <laughs> Why are we like this? Why the only we... the only curse word you can't say on any television show now is fuck. Yeah, and it's to the point where like um even with Netflix, like they say fuck all the time and oh, yeah. I don't even notice it. I'm just like 
oh yeah oh right i'm watching netflix like, i don't even think about it you know yeah, there's there's something extremely jarring when you're watching a regular show and yeah. somebody curses and it beeps it yeah, they still do i dude they honestly, still do that yeah i have not heard that in probably 10 years dude it was so jarring whenever um uh brooklyn 99 switched channels oh like, right to nbc it went from Fox to NBC. They were like, I think some of the new writers that got brought on the show didn't particularly understand the humor of Brooklyn Nine Nine. Yeah, I think the the new the new seasons aren't anywhere near as good as the old ones yeah. for the most part. But um, they started every so often in an episode having a character say "fuck" or "shit" and beeping it. Mm-hmm. And it is the most jarring, take me out of the episode shit every time it happened. I, I just, I, I think we're past that as like a, a entertainment viewers. Like, why are we, why are we doing that? Like, like they did <laughs> four, four or five seasons of this show without having bleeps. Yeah, and uh, doesn't fit the like concept of the show whatsoever either. Yeah, I can't speak for it because I've never seen it, but it feels to me like they were like, it's a jokey version of uh, CSI Miami. That'd be so strange. That's what they went for. It's the fact that they're cops is so unbelievably secondary. Yeah. In that show. Yeah. It's like a it's a it's a funny office show where every now and then. Uh, a really cool action scene happens because it turns out they're cops. <laughs> it's like Parks and Rec, but they're cops. And it's really funny because like all of them are really good at being cops. So, but they're all idiots. That's funny. So, like this man child Andy Samberg will like end up chasing a criminal and like fucking like beat his ass to the ground <laughs> and catch him. And you're like, what the hell? That's funny. It's a great show, to a point. I should watch it. I've been meaning to check it out, but I was watching Peacemaker yesterday, so I watched... I have not watched Peacemaker. It's wild, man. (laughs) Well, that's the thing, like... I'm gonna gonna step up on my little soapy box. (laughs) Okay. Everybody told me, everybody on the internet was being like, oh my god, you won't believe the opening to Peacemaker. It's so crazy and funny. It's goofy, yeah. But And then I watched it and I was like, this is the the music video from uh, Guardians. Like, yeah, it's James. Guardians it's... Heat, except it's yeah. really weak and none of the characters are doing anything funny. Yeah, it's just, uh, it's just goofy. <laughs> it's just... It's just... It's not, I, guys, people need to stop overhyping shit at me. I, I that's agree. all I'm saying. I agree. <laughs> like, I don't know. It got so unbelievably overhyped that I watched the opening on YouTube and I was like, I don't even want to watch this show anymore. <laughs> I it's alright. I, I I enjoyed it. I had I didn't have that uh hype put on me though, so I got yeah. to be I was free of that, so I, I got uh, I got to see it on my own terms. There is something to be said though, like about uh, not listening to people. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's like everybody talks about like this fandom is the worst or this fandom yeah. is the worst, but all fandoms are bad. Yeah, it's just amplified by the shithole of Twitter. Like whoever is the worst, whoever the worst people are in that fandom are inevitably the loudest, so all fandoms are bad. That's true. Except right. M-Class fandom. No, we're we're different. <laughs> 
We're the best. Do we need to take a break before no. we... No, fuck it. That doesn't matter. Let's just go. Because we're at like 53 seconds on this trip. 53 minutes on this trip. I'm fine. I, mean, we, I don't even care. Let's just do it. Fuck it. All right. Well, what would you rate this episode on the classic Cochrane to Catfish <laughs> scale? Timeless scale. Uh, the warp scale of quality. I don't know. I have Enterprise tinted glasses on, so I'm probably going to give it a higher... <laughs> Indeed. I I don't know. I would give it like a 7.5 or an 8. Just cuz I think that's fair. I, I like fair. I like Fiesel a lot. Indeed. 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 And I like to Paul a lot for different reasons. Uh Sure. I like her as a character and I I really like that she's who she is in this episode, and I, I don't have a problem with Archer that much, and Trip looks like a moron, and that's funny to me, so. <laughs> I'm going eight. I'm going solid eight. Um, you know, I always talk about grading shows on a curve based yeah. on what show it is, and uh, while I wouldn't rate Enterprise anywhere near as low as Voyager, yeah. I, I still think the curve is still a little bit steeper than, say, like a Deep Space Nine or a TNT. Oh, absolutely. I'd put it probably on a similar curve to TOS. Okay. Yeah, I could see that. Maybe a, maybe a little bit less steep than TOS, because TOS is definitely of its time. They have Mob Planet. <laughs> well, okay, so that raises the curve. <laughs> <laughs> they never go back to Mob Planet. That's sad. No, they don't. Because <laughs> it's dumb. Cause but <laughs> They're like, fuck that place. Um, I think I'm going to rate this a seven. Okay. That's good. That's a good, that's a good number. I think, cause that's, cause I want to be, I want it to be a different number than you. <laughs> I'm going to rate it an eight. That's, that's a dumb ter- reason. That's terrible. Yeah, great. Yeah, I, I was going to rate it seven to begin with because I thought the, the, um, the metaphor could have been like served a little bit better in different places, but like they probably could have sharpened for, it for a the bit ti- for yeah. the time period. The acting in this episode is like genuinely really great, yeah. Especially like I said, Jolene Blaylock does like an amazing job in yeah. this episode, being like a Vulcan that's emotions are bar- like bubbling right at the surface the yeah. whole time. Like she looks uh, like she's ready to cry a bunch, yeah, which is crazy for a yeah. Vulcan, and it adds this like pain like i feel like pain yeah you know this episode is incredibly depressing but um incredibly necessary yeah and um i mean those attitudes still exist today they're just far more underground than they were at the time so it's uh still necessary to this day yeah i feel like um the hiv stuff has calmed a bit and been replaced with um transphobia more that's probably true you know? i mean like homophobia is definitely rampant but you don't hear yeah. about hiv anywhere yeah. near as much anymore and i think a lot of that might have to do too with like how under control we have it as as like we've come a long way with hiv absolutely i think honestly like magic johnson yeah getting hiv was probably like an extremely pivotal point where suddenly yeah. like everybody's childhood basketball hero yeah. has been afflicted by this disease. And like now people start taking it seriously. Yeah. Yeah. I, I really believe in the near ish future because of, um, the, uh, what do you call it? The, 
the protein shit that we're doing with with uh, what what is the thing we did with COVID the the mRNA shit. I think M- uh, yeah, my, the call uh, antibody, the call <laughs> yeah, the antibody. Yeah, I think I really think that the mRNA shit is a game changer, and especially for like HIV. I think that's gonna. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah. stuff we the like mRNA um, resequencing shit yeah. that we used for the vaccine. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's going to be a game changer. I mean, maybe, and maybe, especially for diseases that we don't particularly have a cure for, like HIV. Yeah, I read yesterday that somebody in England got a, a like a cancer vaccine, like one of the first cancer vaccines to test out. And I was like, man, that's wild, man. Like that is crazy. Just, cancer just seemed like inconquerable for most of our lives, and yeah. Now, scientists and doctors are finally starting to break that like that ceiling on cancer treatment imagine going to the doctor and they're like oh you got cancer and then they just like put you in like a tube like a back to tube and they're like oh you're good (laughs) like the fuck like we're gonna you've got cancer we're gonna give you uh three we're gonna give you six shots over the next six months yeah and you'll be fine I mean, it's it's probably where we're headed, right? Hopefully, if, yeah. Here's hoping if society Absolutely. doesn't collapse, God. Ugh. Like, I th- I think I'm definitely gonna stick with an eight because um, it's it's an episode that has a, a sort of a, a timeless appeal and yeah. and a message that's very rooted in the times as well. Yeah. But it's it's so full of this like really great acting, like not just Jolene Blaylock, like. Scott Bakula himself, his like anger is palpable throughout yeah. this episode, and you understand exactly why, and you feel it yourself. I really like, I I really this is why I like Archer because he's he's like Kirk, but not right. He's like proto Kirk, but also he learns a like a lesson. You know, he goes through a it's change. True. He when he starts out, he's very. Proto Kirk. Yeah. He's very. He's got like tinges of like, I don't know, like pop culture Kirk when he starts. He's a little yeehaw, right? He's a little like, let's go. Yeah. As time goes on, he starts to mature and he he gets these traits that you can see in all the other captains. Yeah. As well. Like he's he's got this rapport with the rest of the cast that's very. Cisco. Yep. And he's got this uh he he gains this sort of moral fortitude and understanding this this like philosophy, this like philosophical idealism in a way that's very Picard. Yeah. And he he's got this sort of like level-headed jovialness that's very much Kirk as well. Uh if you're interested in like that type of shit, there's a documentary called In the Shadow of the Moon. It's about the real astronauts who went to the moon, and they talk about um, sleeping on the moon and how it, like, changed their lives. <laughs> it's fucking fascinating. Cause, wow. Because they talk about, like, they were like, I I was in this place that no one has ever been, and it profoundly changes their life. Like, it, it f- like sheds them of their preconceptions. It's it's really good. I would recommend it. In the shadow of the moon. It's a uh, jotting that down. I think it's on it's on something. 
Paramount Plus? Maybe. <laughs> God. Oh, God. For anybody who wasn't following in the Discord when this happened, uh, Josh and I ran into a bit of a roadblock when we discovered that not only had Voyager, Enterprise, and TOS been taken off of uh, Netflix, but it had also been taken off of Amazon. Yeah, we didn't keep up with the ever-changing bullshit of streaming bullshit, I guess, right? So I guess yeah. it's kind of our fault, but at the same time, like... And like, fucking straight-up suess, whatever, I looked for piratey ways uh, yeah. to watch these fucking shows, because... Yeah. And, like, I even looked up the price of getting DVD box sets, and it turned out it would have been over $300 for each of it's us. It's absurd. To get all of them. It's absurd. And I didn't feel like doing a drive for that much money, since there's no chance we would get it. Yeah. And so we ended up fucking buying, using funds from you guys, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, we we bought a monthly subscription to Paramount+. Plus. Yeah, now we can watch Blue Bloods. I'm really excited to watch... Uh, uh, Don't you want to watch old episodes of Survivor? Oh, uh, a show I've never watched when it was new. I'm excited. Remember that 20-year-old reality show that they still make? Cool. Uh, like, I was so unbelievably mad. Here's the thing. There are a lot of people who along the way, have been like, why don't you guys just get Paramount Plus? You're being whiners. Yes. And be that as it may. Perhaps, yes. We didn't want to support something that we didn't believe in. Yeah, that's that's really all it comes down to. Also, Paramount took down my fucking Go Climb a Rock shirt, and I was still holding a grudge. (laughs) Yeah, it's just, we were talking about it beforehand. For me, personally, it's just, it's opposite. It's like the opposite of what you want from a streaming service. Like, I don't. Yeah, it's, I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to get a streaming service for one series. But yeah. I had to because I do a fucking podcast. About right. It. Right. I, like I. I don't mind paying for Netflix because they have like a million things and like even with Amazon, like there's tons of stuff. Right. Like. Yeah. HBO. They always put out new shows, new movies. It's whatever. But Paramount. What am I? What am I paying for? Like Star Trek. Right. Yeah, what this pretty much means is now we have access to, like, Lower Decks, uh, Prodigy. Oh, um, the band? Yeah. <laughs> oh, cool. We have access to Star Trek the Animated Series again, so we can start putting oh, that back on. Oh, fuck yeah, let's watch the, the Satan's episode. <laughs> so we can start putting that back on collections. Um, yeah, I guess the good news is we're it's wide open now, we can watch whatever you recommend. Yeah. And uh, I, I figure we'll probably do some sort of like uh, Patreon series for some for like uh, uh, lower decks and that type of shit. Yeah, I'm interested in checking it out and Prodigy more more so. Yeah, your boy Chad writes. On yeah, that Chad. One, right? Yeah, there's a there's a kill cat in it, and then I've been I've been wink wink nudge nudged about the character so. That's sweet. That's pretty cool. That's, that's so, yeah. It's so cool. <laughs> if you'd like to make certain that you're around for all this dope Patreon coverage, then you should probably head over to patreon.com slash mclasspodcast, where for as little as a dollar a month, you get access to behind-the-scenes posts, wallpaper art for every episode of M-Class that I make myself, and they're all good, or at least decent. <laughs> uh 
you get access to a Discord full of dope, like-minded people who uh, have have become just a, a weird-ass support group for each other, and it's beautiful. Yeah. Uh, for a little bit more money, you get access to other podcasts we do, like Jeff and Josh Shoot the Shit, where we talk about literally anything that isn't Star Trek, uh, M-Class, etc., where today, when this is being recorded, we just released a brand new Trek Your Own Trek venture. Hell yeah. Ensign Ricky. Where Ensign Ricky meets an ogre? <laughs> we, should, we should have done that one last. <laughs> that would have been the canon one forever. <laughs> oh, fuck. If you don't know Trek Your Own Trek venture is where we read a pick-a-path book. <laughs> God. I love Star Pete. Trek... I love beating around the bush with this shit. It's great. <laughs> a Star Trek themed pick a path interactive fiction book <laughs> where uh, Josh takes the role of new recruit to Starfleet, Ensign Ricky, and I read through all of his pick a page choices, which mostly lead to him dying in more and more horrific ways. So <laughs> check them out. Pretty cool. On our Patreon right now, there's uh, a Trek Your Own Trek Venture uh, with Part 1, Part 2, Part 3, and Trek Your Own Trek Venture 2 with Part 1. Nice. And you don't have to listen to the first one to get the second one. They're completely different. Yeah, nothing matters in those uh, fiction novels, let's call that. I don't even want to say the word book. No. No. (laughs) I don't know, maybe I'll get sued. Uh, if for those who don't know, the the word, the phrase that we're not saying is copywritten, and the company that owns it is extremely litigious towards podcasts. What is the, what is with that? What's the deal? Because uh, I guess if you listen to a podcast going through it, you don't have to buy the book to know what happens. Okay. Uh <laughs> I mean, people know what the fuck happens in Moby Dick, and they still buy that. Yeah. I don't know why you'd read that shitty book, though. Uh, it's got a big whale in it. There's no there's no gremlins or goblins or anything. That's true. You don't meet an ogre in it. No, no ones. ogre. No. There's not a giant hand from another galaxy that <laughs> shows up. Don't spoil it! <laughs> Star Trek and giant hands go hand in giant hand. <laughs> Oh we know this. All right, that's the best joke we've ever made. So <laughs> now head over to patreon.com, become a patron today. There's a ton of other stuff, commentary tracks. It's good. It's good as fuck. We're gonna be doing a new commentary track. It very much seems like the mummy is gonna be the I'm next commentary track. Excited. Some jazz. I love the mummy. Follow us on Twitter at MClass Podcast. Uh, you can find anything you need about us on the web at www.mclasspodcast.com. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'd like to give a special shout-out to Vitizen for the use of his track Outer Space Race as our theme song. You can find Vitizen music anywhere good music is sold. Check it out. What else could they do to help us out? Hey, while you're checking out Vitizen on like iTunes or wherever, you could uh, go and rate and review us. Uh, it helps our algorithm, I guess. 
I don't know why it does, but it does. It does. I don't know either. Uh, Spotify, yeah. you can do that also. I, I, I'm pretty sure everywhere does it now. So, Yeah. Should we pull our music from Spotify like Neil Adams? like uh, Neil, Young, John, Neil Young? Neil Young. Yeah, we should. Like Neil Adams, the comic book artist. Yeah, let's pull pull up like Neil Adams, yeah. Uh, Yeah, Neil Young. Joni um, Mitchell. Erica Badu. Oh, Erica Badu left. Yeah. Um, I don't know if we're big enough to have any sort of impact doing that. So I guess it'll stay. We're probably the linchpin here. (laughs) It's true. Uh, just know that uh, Joe Rogan fucking sucks. Yo, what a fucking... <laughs> like, like I, you know what I love? Waking up every day and feeling guilty about the services that I pay for because they're run by absolute fuckwads. I love it. I love it. Yeah, welcome to the capitalist hellscape. Fucking Thanks for giving millions of dollars that you made through people listening to fucking uh, one-cent payoff music. <laughs> right? To fucking a uh, thumb and a shirt, host a <laughs> racist ass misinformation podcast. I appreciate that. Look, Jeff, just take fucking horse paste, all right? Look, drink your horse own piss. Pa- the doctors t- said that horse paste uh, works on uh, COVID now. You can take my word for it. <laughs> I'm a thumb and a shirt. <laughs> oh, boy. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in to M-Class Podcast. Uh, we'll be back. Well, actually, send us an email at mclassemail at gmail.com, by the way. Uh, we'll be back in one week with more M-Class goodness. So bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Don't eat horse paste. It's not good. Unless you want. No.
I'm mentally ill. Trick with your ball.